Have you ever returned home from an amazing vacation or extended trip so fully alive, only to be hit with the post-traveler blues? Guess what? Reality doesn't have to bite. The Traveler's Heart wants to inspire travelers and encourage armchair travelers to see everyday life as a travel experience. We all have a traveler living inside us whose sole purpose is to help us escape what we know so we can see and experience life from a new perspective. We are excited to explore conversations about why we travel, how we travel, and the benefits of mindful, purposeful travel. Additionally, we will dive deep into how our passions, cultural preferences, biases, beliefs, life's events, life stages, and even astrology all impact our travel choices. I am your host, Julia Zolfo, and this is the Traveler's Heart Podcast. Have you ever dreamed of traveling to Africa? Whether it's visiting the dry, vast savannas and seeing the migrations across Tanzania, or it is gorilla trekking in Uganda, perhaps you thought about just a relaxing vacation on the beaches of Zanzibar, or if you're like me, you've kind of had it in your mind one day to be at the top of the world and being able to climb and summit Kilimanjaro. Hello, everyone. I'm Julia Zolfo. I am the host of the Traveler's Heart podcast, and each and every episode is dedicated to why we travel, how we travel, what motivates us to travel. But more importantly, it's about how travel makes us feel and think differently when we're out there in that travel experience. And then how do we take that experience and bring that home as our greatest Sylvanir to keep sharing in our lives every single day. Today, we are going to speak about one of my favorite, well, right now it is my favorite continent. Shh, but don't tell the other continents. It's like having a favorite child, right? You know, you have your favorite at certain parts of your life. And right now, Africa has just been pulling on my heartstrings since actually 2007. In 2007, I had an opportunity to go to South Africa, Botswana, and Zimbabwe. And then I went back in 2022 last year and had the absolute thrill of doing gorilla trekking in Uganda. But at the top of my list that has still been standing out is as an avid traveler and hiker, that mountain, Kilimanjaro, there in the background and going to Tanzania and seeing the full migration. And then after that, relaxing on the beaches of a beach called of an island called Zanzibar. Like how cool is all that? That has actually been on my bucket list for a while. Well, lo and behold, I happened to know a friend when I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina, who has access to all those types of experiences, but not only does he have access to all those experiences, Macon Duncan is known as of this June of 2023 for climbing Kilimanjaro 50 times. That's right. You heard me right. 5-0. Macon has summited and he is now a legend of someone who has climbed Kilimanjaro 50 times. So who better to have come onto the podcast to talk about Kilimanjaro, what it takes to go there, what the experience is like. And I am just extremely curious to know 
what motivates somebody to do Kilimanjaro 50 times. So Megan, welcome to the show. Julie, thank you so very, very much for having me on today. Yeah, we're so excited you're here. Awesome. And like I share with the audience, um, I lived in Charlotte back in, let's see, I think it was like 2013 to about 2015. And I think I only met you once or twice at a couple of social events. But I remember being introduced to you as someone who had been traveling back and forth to Africa, even at that time. And yes. I knew I wanted to connect with you more, but I ended up leaving the area. So it's wonderful that we've got to come full circle on this conversation. So again, congratulations on summiting 50 times. I saw the news clippings. I saw you on the news in Africa and then right. in Charlotte. But before we unpack that amazing experience, I'd like to know, I, I'm really love to get to know the man behind the legend. So just share with us a little bit of who you are and what brought you to doing such an incredible feat. You know, I it started out as winning a as simple as winning a trip to South Africa okay. in 1999, and okay. from there just blossomed. Uh, went. What was the in, contest that you like were in? It was it was a it was a Christmas drawing for an airline airline okay. Christmas drawing, and it got two tickets on South African Airways. Oh wow! We went down there, and they said, "Hey, by the way, if you want to have an additional flight, you can do that, no problem." And I said, "Well, I think I'll go climb Mount Kilimanjaro." Well, everybody in Charlotte laughed. I mean, because I had never been in a sleeping bag before. Wow. I, right. So I went there, um, climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, came back, and then did it again. And then two years after that, wrote the book Sons of Kilimanjaro. Wow. All right. So that is a lot in itself. So yes. let's like recap this. So you're at a Christmas party or whatever, right? And you're at a raffle. You get ticket to Africa. Was it specifically to Tanzania or you got to choose where you got to go? Well, it was specifically to South Africa and okay. do an add-on to that. And you, right. So you went to South Africa and then went over to Tanzania. Okay. And of all the places you could have gone and the fact that you just self-proclaimed that you'd never even been in a sleeping bag, what do you think kind of bubbled up for you? Like, heck, I'm going to go do Kilimanjaro. I was, I was turning 40. Okay. Oh, so there's the motivation, right? So, you know, again, here at the Traveler's Heart, we're always like why we travel, how we travel, and there's always a motivation. So you're hitting a milestone. And that's interesting. I actually went to Africa the first time for right before my 40th birthday. So right. that was part of my 40th birthday trip. Interesting. All right. So that's how you got there the first time. Right. And what was that experience like? You know, you kind of rushed it. And I there's more to unpack here. Like, who well, are you with? And was, how'd you get started? Well, I, I was with uh, was with my late wife, Michelle, when we went over there. But when I climbed Kilimanjaro, they just put me with three people, uh, three strangers. Okay. And we all climbed the Morangi route together. And uh, the owner of the company, Zainab Ansel, Zara Tours, said, are you sure you know what you're doing? Because this guy with a blue blazer and a bow tie comes walking into her office. She goes, she's going like... I don't know if this guy's going to do it. And I said, no, I have no earthly idea what I'm doing. And she goes, if you listen to your guide, you'll probably make it. And you have I, the equipment there or did they provide some equipment for you? They had some equipment there for me, but okay. I had rudimentarily rudimental equipment because again, in 1999, there wasn't a lot of internet going on. No. About, and so uh, it was matter of fact, it took three days to send a wire transfer to Tanzania. 
Oh no, I remember. I, you know, for myself, sidebar, I was that was the year 1999 that I'd quit my job and I was traveling on the world. And so similar to you, like I wasn't using the internet. I was using my Lonely Planet. I was still using traveler's checks. You know, the ATMs weren't as good. I was exchanging money under trees with people who had money in like a bag. So yeah, we've come a long way. <laughs> yeah, we have. We have. Yeah, it was $36 a minute to call the United States back wow. then. Wow. You're right. Oh, wow. Right. All right. This is a really quick call. I'm alive. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> exactly. But I, I, I did it. And then I came back and brought a friend who wanted to climb and did it again. And then I brought a father-daughter team back. And then I wrote the book, Sons of Kilimanjaro. Well, so again, like... You've done this now so many times, so it kind of probably feels old hat to you. So I want to actually try to bring you back to that moment the first time, right? right. You're, you're, you live in Charlotte. Like, of course, the mountains of the Appalachians are over to the west, right? And there are some pretty big mountains. But how big is Kilimanjaro? What's the height? 19,388 feet. Okay. And up to that point, what was the highest elevation that you had ever climbed? Oh, Maybe, maybe 4,000. <laughs> okay. So right. let's put this into perspective. You yes. are a man that shows up with his blazer and his blow tie off of a ticket that you won at a Christmas event. And you just decide because it's your 40th birthday that I am going to climb Kilimanjaro. Now you get some training. You're kind of doing it. What's kind of like, talk to us about what's really happening inside. Can you really just see yourself there? Kind of take yourself back only a couple of years ago, right? When you right. were 40, right? Right, right, right. Just a few years you know, ago. What was like, what were you feeling? Did you feel as though like, what did I get myself into the other, like what that buff? Or I, did you feel like I'm excited? I was really excited. I mean, cause I was on Kilimanjaro. I was going through the rainforest and going through all the different biospheres. I was doing everything that I had read in one little book about climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. And there I was, you know, looking at the mountain at, you know, uh, when going through and doing the trail up the Morangu route. And it was just an amazing, amazing. It was only five days. I did okay, you did a five, five day, day one, your first one. Okay. Five days, you're right. Should have done it in six. Okay. I only had five days, but I did it. And it was just, it was just such a, it really, even at 40, I remember this was really difficult. But mm. again, I listened to my guide, Joseph Mayla, and I let him know that I wasn't really sure what I was doing. And he said, I'll, I'll take, I'll take care of you. Just, just, just watch poly poly. Slowly, slowly. That was yes. the whole thing. That was a mantra the entire time. Absolutely. Slowly, no, slowly. I, I can appreciate that, Megan. Um, when you were doing Kilimanjaro, I was in Nepal. And similar to you, I had an experience where I was hanging out in Laos at the time and drinking some beers with some people, as the story goes, and my legendary story goes. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, you're traveling? Are you going over to Nepal? And I'm like, Where's Nepal? Like, I didn't even like know where Nepal was. Like, oh, well, you like to hike. You may want to go to the Himalayas. Oh, yeah, that sounds easy. <laughs> and so I got myself over to Nepal, got myself over to Pokhara, and I started to do the Annapurna Trek. And I, it was just me and a guide. And similar to you, what I learned, I had a backpack. I rented um, some cleats and a, a pillow, um, a sleeping bag and a jacket, which I didn't need till we got to, you know, higher elevation. But what I learned is as you were getting up there, it was like one foot. Exactly. Like, 
And then like, it was like truly like the astronauts on the moon. I can like really appreciate, right? Like, and you take one step, like how was that breathing in that way? Like it, it's, you are literally like one step, take like two minutes and pick your foot up and go to the next step. You you are absolutely right. I mean, you just kind of go, it's a wedding march up the Mm -hmm. mountain. That's how, that's how I put it. It's that's how slowly you're walking. Wow, a wedding march. <laughs> that sounds almost like a death march, but that's like a different conversation. <laughs> so, so you so you go up there, and again, I remember my first time where I summited, and I got close to eighteen thousand feet in Nepal and the Annapurnas over the Thurong Pass. What exactly was your elevation when you got up there? You said 18,000. 19,388. 19,388. Yeah, you don't want right. to miss off those 388 because they matter. Right, right, right. And to, I never forget walking up to that sign. Yeah. It was amazing. You know, I was going like, wow, here I am actually doing this. And, uh, but then the realization that, that I've made it to the top of Kilimanjaro, I've made it to Uru Peak, but I'm not at the finish line. I got to turn around and go back down. That and, you know, I was looking around and looking at all the ice cap around me. And I was like, this is great, but I've got to go all the way back down this thing and get back to Springlands Hotel. Absolutely. How just, many, it, so how many days, so you had five days, like how many like, to take up and then to go down? Three days up and uh, two days down. Two days. To, okay. Awesome. So you've done this for the first time and that's what, you know, congratulations that, you know, a lot of people after they do something like that for their first time, get inspired to then maybe have other goals of going to the Himalayas or going down to the Andes. But no, you, you decided that this is going to be something that you are going to continue to go back to again and again, hence the 50th anniversary summit. What really sparked that? Well, I think it was my, I I know it was my late wife, Michelle. Uh, She uh, said, wow, you look, great you really do and if you want to go back and do this again you can and wow. i said well thank you i think i'll i think i'll do that thank you for for believing in me that much that i can go and do this again and uh, supporting me and i did it and then went back again and climbed with a friend and then a, a year after that took a father-daughter team up to the kilimanjaro and from there, it just built. And so, so now um, you're going back and bringing people. Now you're becoming a little bit of an ambassador. It sounds like exactly, exactly. Okay. And and uh, it didn't. It just continued. I kept going back and, but helping people like uh, Ovarian Cancer Canada, uh, National Ovarian Cancer Coalition, uh, Rotary in Polio Now climbs. I was helping people who wanted to do fundraising. And this was just for fun. I was climbing Kilimanjaro twice a year. And my deal was, hey, listen, if you want to come climb with me, come on, let's go climb. And I don't, I've never charged. Yeah. It was just kind of like, hey, I'm going. If you want to come with me, come along. That's awesome. Now, it sounds as though um, you created a relationship with a specific local company. And so can you tell us a little bit about who you've been partnering with and like a little bit of their backstory? Who's the company that you've been working with? Well, I've been working with Zara Tanzanian Adventures and most, most specifically with Zainab Ansel, who started the company in 1986. Just a dream, just a thought that a female in Tanzania could start her own travel company. Wow. She started out with four tents on a piece of property outside of Moshi, Tanzania, and now has in 2023, uh, has uh, 
five hotels, a thousand employees, and fifty-five Toyotas. Oh my gosh! So, so we, she, I think our next podcast is to have both of you on together. So oh, side note, yes, absolutely, definitely, definitely need to be talking to Zainab Ansel. Okay. She is amazing. But we're both the same age, okay. and so when, when we look at one another, we said, you know, we met when we were forty. <laughs> so <laughs> we've come. We've both come a long way since. Excellent, excellent. So you've been going back time and time again. And, you know, let me ask you, like, for those people who are interested, especially myself, you know, I just came back from doing some hiking in uh, the Canadian Rockies. And, you know, I'm getting ready to do the Camino over in Spain and Portugal. And that's going to be 85 miles, not elevation, but about 80 miles of walking over seven, eight days. And I'm training every day. I'm eating healthy. I'm getting my body used to walking every day. What are some things that you would recommend? Because for some people, like, it's cool to hear about what you do. And I'm always looking for people, like, just ordinary people like you and I, who do these extraordinary things. But when we inspire other people, sometimes, like, oh, that's for them, not for me. You know, what can, like, can anybody do this? Like, what, how would you, like, promote this to people? Well, again, yes, um, just about anybody can do this. Um, It takes... But you have to have the, the desire to do it. I mean, you just can't go like, yeah, maybe I'll go climb Kilimanjaro. Course, you really yeah. have to want to do it. Right. Because climbing Mount Kilimanjaro is the hardest mental, physical challenge you will ever voluntarily ever, ever do in your life. Mm. And I've had triathletes climb with me and absolutely say the same thing. This is really difficult. Right. Because, right. again, the um, the finish line is not a repeat. The finish line Springlands Hotel in six right. days after seven days after eight days. And um, but but I think the one of the things that really has changed over the past 23 years of climbing Kilimanjaro is the equipment. Okay. Uh, that has been the game changer. Uh the Solomon Quest 4 boots have absolutely changed. Uh this is the first time in 22 years that I have never had to ha- I've had. 10 complete toenails. Wow. So uh, they give you all that equipment. So that's part of like the equipment that you get. Solomon Quest fours. I, I okay. swear by those boots. Absolutely. Okay. Just amazing. I can't believe it when I come back down Kilimanjaro and I take those boots off and I've got, wow, my toes look, I mean, everything's perfect. You know, you just know, because back in the day, back when we first started climbing Kilimanjaro, that was the number one thing that, that tricked people up climbing Kilimanjaro was the boots. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I got a black toe from just climbing in the Canadian Canadian Rockies. So, you know, um, so like I started the podcast, Africa is kind of my favorite right now. I even have behind me, if you guys are watching on video, this was my trekking stick that I got when I was in Uganda to do the gorillas. And, you know, really on my bucket list right now as a as a hiker and traveler, um, just to really spend time in the country. And not only would I love to know more about Kilimanjaro, um, when I went to Africa in 2007, Macon, I was in South Africa and I was in Botswana and Joburg and but I did more like the Jeep safari and walking safari. And while they were beautiful and magical, and those are all different experiences them, to themselves, I still haven't seen the great uh, migration. And I'm going to get teary eyed as I'm looking, you know, my father just passed, you know, two months ago. And uh, he's looking at me right now with like his like a picture of him traveling. And that was something he always said, like my daughter, like, if you can get to see the great my migration, to see that like that in itself is just 
an experience to experience. And so I know that there is something coming up in 2024 and you know, we're, it's, we're finishing up summer right now, getting up summer of 2023, yes. recording this. And so I know it's always great to have something to look forward to. Yes. And our last episode, we had episode 31, we had Penny Kidd on here talking about how to save money for our big dreams. So maybe, you know, this is a big dream. I know it is for me. So I'd love to learn more about what's coming up in 2024. And you have something really special to talk to my audience about as well, too. Well, you know, I go to Tanzania every end of January, February and March every year for one reason, really only. And that's to see the migration. Wow. Um, Migration. As you, you look at the map of the migration route, you'll see the migration is south in the Serengeti. Uh, so it's easy to see. You don't have to go all the way up to Kenya to go look at it. Okay. So the weather is absolutely beautiful and the migration is easy to see. As soon as you come down from the Gorgor Crater, it's right there in front of you. You've got wild beasts. You've got zebras, giraffes all in front of you as far as the eye can see. Wow. And actually what we do, we're going through the Serengeti, the gates to the Serengeti. You go through there and sometimes we just turn the, the, the Toyota off. And sit there and just watch the wild beast and the zebra just go right in front of us. Sit there for 30, 40 minutes. Just sit there and watch it. It's amazing to see. Excellent. Excellent. So um, originally when we were talking, you had invited me because you were going to do your 51st summit in February. Is that something that you're still going to be doing? February the 12th. Okay. So there's an opportunity for that. And right. then, and then, but you also brought up for me, because I was thinking of doing that with you. That's my birthday. But then right. you brought up this other opportunity. So I want to let my listeners know that, you know, there's definitely something in January and February when you go. But for my female listeners specifically, um, Macon has something really cool to share. And I'm really intrigued and kind of looking into how I can make this happen for myself. So Macon, can you share with my, especially my female audience, what's going on? I can. And what it is, is the March 8th International Women's Day Mount Kilimanjaro Climb, which you will actually summit Mount Kilimanjaro on March 8th. So you'd actually leave, get start the climb on March the 1st or so. And so depending on which route. So uh, they've got some very special pricing for that. Um, It's going to be very, very, very economical to climb Kilimanjaro and have a safari afterwards. And they want oh, so you can do a safari as well, too? Oh, absolutely. And oh, all right. Spoken. That that sign me up. Okay. That's awesome. And so um what we can do is and and so this is International Women's Day. So it's only women who are going to be on the mountain. Right, exactly. Yes. Okay. International Women's Day, Mount Kilimanjaro Climb 2024. And um, and looking at some of the material, and what we'll do is we'll put this in the show notes for people to look with the the links and things, and people can, if you have any questions, you can reach out to me and we'll give you uh Duncan's email and where to get in touch with him in touch with him. So yes. what are some of the different routes? I saw there were several different days that you can do. Right. So it's Shira Lamosho, Machami. Umwe, Marangu, and Rangai. Those okay. are the routes. And the difference of the routes is only how many days. So the Mosha and Shira are eight-day routes. Uh, Machami, seven-day. Uh, Marangu, six-day. And Rangai, six-day. So that's depending on which, how long your safari is, what day you will actually leave to summit. And so all these women would summit together on March the 8th. Oh, awesome. I got it. So 
is it a different, so the summit's the summit, but maybe you're doing shorter, but higher elevation versus longer and maybe more switchbacks and traverses to get, is that kind of how it is? Okay. So So just because it's shorter, doesn't mean it's easier. It's actually probably more challenging because your elevation gain is going to be a lot quicker. Well, a lot of times with the shorter routes, you're actually just, just starting off higher. Oh, you're starting higher. Okay, you know, that's higher. good to know too. All right, but but it's still difficult. I mean, all the routes are difficult because you both go, all the routes go up too. They go up from Barak for Kibo, go over and then go up to uh, Huru Peak. Right, but you know when so, you say difficult, and I think you and I are the perfect example of two people that with no experience and no training. You showed up you know, in 1999, and I showed up in 1999. And what really got you up the summit and what got me across the Himalayas was our traveler's heart, right? Right. Our curiosity to try something new, to connect with a part of our courage that like we've never tapped into before, right? And, you know, this is all about what I teach about the traveler's heart. It's, you know, you know, it's so interesting that when we travel, we seek out these new opportunities and choose to put ourselves in these situations. Right. Like when we come home, we're like, what are we thinking? But that's the key. And, And it's part of what I teach, Megan, is like, I love taking people and inspiring them to go on these type of immersive, you know, challenging expeditions because when we go home and we're living our everyday life, which for most of us, we're still very blessed, but we get blinders on into how we're dealing with things. And we forget that amazing part of ourselves who did something so great. And then we come home and we forget to unpack that amazing part of ourselves. So it's such a great teaching tool. I think travel is such a vehicle for transformation. What I would love to do, and we're going to talk to you further, and we're definitely going to have you on here back for another podcast, is I'd love to consider seeing if I could get a bunch of women you know, to come with me and we train together. We do it as a yeah. community and we're there together. And then when we come home, we actually unpack that experience of what we've done. So I am myself like... I'm raising my hand, right? You know, you can't see it here, but I'm raising my hand. This is something that I am committed to doing. And I, going over the next couple of months, when I come back from the Camino, want to really dive deeper with you about how we can inspire both women for the March event, but for other people, like you said, you know, I loved how you talked about you've helped causes and people raise money. Right. And all of this is being routed through a female run business in Tanzania. And correct me, you're saying that one of the reasons when I looked at the prices, like they are ridiculously affordable. Right. Right. You know, is because, you know, Zara Tours owns all the hotels. They own the Jeeps. And when you own the stuff, right, you don't have to do third party renting. Exactly. Exactly. We own. They own all the, the the hotels. They hire all their own employees. They they got their own Toyotas. But uh, you know, going back to to Kilimanjaro, I've always thought about Kilimanjaro is that once you summit Kilimanjaro and you come down, it gives you momentum. That's a that's something hard to tackle. But yes. when you come down Kilimanjaro, it gives you the momentum to handle other situations like. Okay, I climb Kilimanjaro. I can handle this situation just Absolutely. as easily, and it Absolutely. really gives you faith in yourself to do things when she gets back to the states or wherever you live. 
Yeah. Well, and again, in, in wrapping up, Macon, and thank you so much. And we're definitely going to have you back. You actually just share, you know, one of the questions I love to ask my guests is how do you use your traveler's heart in your everyday life? Right, right, right. You know, one of the things I talk about now more than anything is I now have a 100% success rate of getting over difficult situations. Mm. All the difficult situations, everything that's been really hard in my life, I've always gotten through it. You know, I've never sat there and dwelt on this situation like, oh, this has happened. You know, what am I going to do now? You know, passing my first wife, my divorce, second wife. I've always gotten through every situation. And again, and not only through myself, but my friends and my family always been there to help me through this all all kind of difficult situations. But 100% success rate of getting through difficult situations. Yeah. Oh, and I, I, you know, I think we and that's such a great way to kind of wrap up, you know, the way of the traveler's heart. You know, really, it's about, you know, not only having ex- you know, ordinary people come on here like you and I, and we do extraordinary things in the moment. But really, the traveler's heart really wants to inspire people that once you come home, you get to keep that traveler's heart alive, right? Until the next vacation, right? Right? Until we go do the summit again, right? But we don't just take that backpack off. We don't just take that suitcase. We don't just throw it in the closet or put it on a frame and it gathers dust. The traveler's heart experience It is the one souvenir that is alive, Right. right. And that we can tap into and unpack every single day. And I think this is such a wonderful way that people now in 2023 can start setting goals, right? Looking at their budget, put it on their calendar. And if this is something you're interested, reach out to us in the show notes. Um, in the show notes, we'll have Macon's information. We'll have my information as, as a thank you for all of you being listeners. And thank you so much for your positive feedback and your five-star reviews. Remember to go get your free gift at Julie's All Food com free gift. It's this great PDF. It's really colorful. And it's 26 ways that you can continue to live your life as a traveler every day. And if you need that for inspiration until you get to your next trip, I highly invite you to uh, download that and make it. I will send you a signed copy of that as well. Thank you very, very much. So thank you for being a part of this community. You know, this, you know, the traveler's heart is all about where adventure meets transformation. And I think we are about to embark on this beautiful adventure making over these next couple of months. And let's really see how many traveler's hearts we can transform over these next couple of months as well. It, it will be amazing. Excellent. Well, I look forward to having you back. Macon, thank you so much. Everybody else, keep exploring, keep experiencing, keep expanding your traveler's heart, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye for now. I am Julie Zolfo, your host of the Traveler's Heart Podcast. Thank you for venturing with me through the Traveler's Heart Podcast. I appreciate you inviting me into your life. Please subscribe to the Traveler's Heart Podcast and leave a heartfelt review. Remember, it's always more fun to travel with friends, so invite them to subscribe too. I want to invite you to my website, juliesalfo.com, to receive a free gift called the ABCs of Living Ridiculously Fulfilled. There, you will also find the link to my Amazon best-selling book, The Way of the Traveler's Heart.